Want to get in an argument? Yeah, yeah this would be a quickity-doo. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Today on the Geek Out Podcast, are those AI-generated selfies art theft? We've got all the trailers, including Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And Bob McGrath and Kirstie Alley have died. And yes, Kirstie Alley is absolutely geek relevant. Nerdy is the new sexy. Let's go to big The Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 217. We record this on the morning of Wednesday, November 7th, 2022. We don't have a lot of time, so I'll just say that I'm with Meister Bud. I host Buzz the Geek Out Wednesday, 720 with Dylan and Jason's Morning Zone. I'm DJ Boytano. I'm Bobasino and... Well, let oh me just... God, no, here we just go. kidding. We do have a stack usually. <laughs> Let's hit it. Let's just blast it. Hitting it this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. It, this is the topic of the week, possibly the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, these AI-generated selfies with the cool fantasy backgrounds or whatever. There was a viral Instagram post that went out talking about Stable Diffusion, which is the AI model that uh, helps generate these artworks and that Stable Diffusion samples art from artists without their permission or knowledge or consent. And it has become a big Thing and there are this is a highly highly polarizing issue. Uh, Dylan's biggest issue, of course, with this was that anybody was paying for it. Um, Dylan has certain amounts of biases against uh, things, <laughs> but um, yeah, the the hot button issue here is is around copyright and AI, and it was and will continue to be a a big issue. Now, okay, so there's a couple of questions. Then number one. This got real popular, right, because people started doing it to their own face, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you could. And so I started seeing those go around, and they are, sure, are pretty neat. Yeah, they're pretty sharp. And I immediately thought, so whether this is you squirming your way into my brain, butt or whatever happens, but I just thought, oh, this is absolutely probably a scam or something where it's like stealing my face. Yeah. Right, yeah. stealing my face, and then it's going to use that for what? Uh, opening my cell phone and getting all my banking information, right? In the Geek Out, the weekly Geek Out, this this is where I opened up, was about FaceApp, mm. which was, uh, this was the one that aged people. Right. And can also do gender swaps, and it became, like, 86 million people were using it, and then people started analyzing the terms and conditions and noting that it was an app from Russia, and so big privacy concerns over that one, although seemingly nothing untoward has come from that. Mm. Um, Lenza, which is the most popular AI doing these uh, selfies, uh, is owned by Prisma Labs, another Russian company. They do say, like, so they're, they're trying to get ahead of this now. They do say that the moment that your Photos, you upload 10 to 20 photos. The moment that their AI is trained on that, those photos are deleted. But your AI training ghost is still in there, you know, and so it might be randomized. It might be, you know, anonymized or whatever they call it. But it's all very hard to say because this AI Wild West is all very hard to say where it is and where it stands and what the future consequences will be. It's a very funny psychological... It's like hugely study right though because it it really like a lot of these apps 
where they get their success is in people's narcissism. Yeah. Uh-huh. Really? Uh-huh. I yeah. want to see myself as a insert whatever your right. avatar is going to yeah. be mm-hmm. here, right? Space person, superhero, whatever. And yeah. that's so that's the trend. It's like you start seeing all these things pop up on your social media. Everybody's changing their profile picture. Nothing attracts a crowd like a crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then uh the 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 backlash kind of comes about like about a week or two later and it's like yeah hey, always here's the article on why you shouldn't be uploading your face to this such and such an ai thing or yeah. whatever yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 so there's that and then there's also so now this is this is stealing this is and, and why is that polarizing why are why would anyone not be on the side of the artist whose work is being stolen for this likely nefarious uh project mm-hmm. to turn people into a cartoon is it bad for a computer to sample this artwork and create new and derivative works from it? Yet, is it okay for a human being to see another artist's portfolio, be inspired by that, and create inspired or derivative works? Oh, brother. Right? That is probably the, the biggest crux of this argument. All right. So where do you come down then, bud? Um, like, I'm not doing it myself because I'm generally suspicious of anything that gets this popular this quickly. <laughs> um, and... Oof, that's hard to say. Like, this, this technology is out there. You know, it's going to, it's not, none of this is going to stop. It's, um, I'm, I'm very on the fence uh, about mm-hmm. it because it's mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you can't stop the signal, right? And whether or not, in Stable Diffusion, the, the AI model behind this, they recently made a tweak to clamp down on NSFW content and also to make it more difficult to create works directly inspired by other artists. But someone else is going to do this. It's going to keep happening. You know, we're going to keep making horseless carriages and soul-stealing cameras and job-robbing mechanical arms at factories. So it's, it's sort of the march of technology. It just does really suck because artists... And not just like, you know, painting or, but all artists are already sort of in the I'll pay you for exposure kind of camp. Like they're already so highly devalued Mm -hmm. um, because the, you know, their work just doesn't seem to be appreciated despite the fact that all your workaday people are, you know, probably have a cool wallpaper by an artist and are listening to lo-fi tracks by artists all day Mm -hmm. kind of thing to, Mm -hmm. to get through. It's just a, it's just a weird dichotomy of appreciation of art. And it's that part to me is very frustrating. And I remember this being a discussion as well, like about a month ago, maybe even a little bit more where people were talking about, okay, if you created uh, a computer or an AI, a piece of AI that made an original piece of music, oh, yeah. what owns the copyright? Is it the computer can't own legally own copyright or the AI can't legally own copyright? Is it the person that created the AI that owns, you know, the, the rights to that? that piece that original music that this person didn't create the uh, AI computer created and you know and whether it's insp- inspired by or stolen from i mean those those mm. two words their meanings sort of gray out as well and that's the th- some other topics that i covered were getty images huge stock photo company is no longer taking anything ai generated because they're worried about legal ramifications well. adobe on the other hand huge graphic design software company is accepting and selling um, stock images that are generated with AI. However, they say that 
the artist needs to prove copyright, which is its own legal wibbly wobbly. But then Adobe says they will indemnify their their clients of any legal ramifications. It's such a weird word. GitHub GitHub is being sued. Uh, for this is a Microsoft company, GitHub, a code repository. They have a thing called Copilot, which helps you write code with an AI inspired by other pieces of code on GitHub, a lot of which are copyrighted. So it's ooh, it's very wild west. I I think that it's oh, <laughs> it should be pretty easy to just lay that down that. Art is supposed to be this like expression of the human experience, and it's you know it's like uh, we've uh, any type of different technology that you can employ, you know whether you're using uh, paint that you crushed yourself, <laughs> right? You made it yourself at your house versus you just are whipping something up on the iPad with the Apple Pencil. There, mm-hmm. that's all okay because it still stems from a human creative process or something very like uh, philosophical about where art comes from and what it means. There's heart to it, people will say. Sure, you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's supposed to yeah come from the human mind, I suppose, to reflect our experience in a beautiful way. I think it's pretty easy to draw that line that an AI simply cannot do that. Not really. That's not, that cannot be considered art. It can be considered a visual of some kind, but you have to draw the art line, and when people have dollars for art, they must make sure that those dollars go to an artist and not just the copyright holder to the computer program what made the art. Artists and photographers all over the world are using this as inspiration to create their own artworks. And it's more of the same kind of question and argument. What does that mean from a greater perspective Mm. of who's creating it? You know, because these AIs do come up with wild concepts that we never would have thought of. And then a photographer or videographer or an artist takes that and runs with it. That inspires. Where lies the responsibility, the culpability, if there is such a thing? Right. Well, that's okay because an artist can achieve inspiration off of like a beautiful landscape and they could never have thought of that. But it's not okay for an AI to do it. It's just a different place. I don't know. Exactly right. See, and this is the thing. This is the this is the argument. And I, right yeah. now, I, there's not an answer for it. No, it's tough for sure. I, I fully feel you how tough it is to to come down on and to have like a fully formed and correct opinion. But <laughs> yeah. but that's where I can say you can draw a line. Is like if you personally, as a person, have dollars to spend on art. Please, gosh, do make sure it goes to an artist. That right. Is a, that is a fair point. I do, I do love that. That's okay. Okay, heavy topics coming soon. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, the big emotional trailer. Uh, and I like it. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were we expecting this? Do we think there was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer so soon? Um, I kind of imagined after, like, it, it does make sense. They release a Christmas special and then... They're top of uh, mind. A trailer. Yeah. Because yeah. people are already talking about it, so... Remember this raccoon? Remember the raccoon you just celebrated the holidays with? <laughs> Come on back and see him again. Hey, Brian, how do you like Buff Groot? Because I am think it's cool. Yeah, I think he's cool too. Buff, like, uh, many armed, um, many gunned Groot. 
What was that iteration of Groot in the comics? It's called like Groot Supreme or something. I'm with the Google. Oh, oh wow, really? that's amazing. While you Google that, I'll just say that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three will hit theaters May fifth, twenty twenty three. Groot. I don't know. I can't. I don't think it's Groot Supreme though. It's it's something. Yeah, because like there's like teenage Groot and yeah, there was a there was a name for this Groot. But uh, yeah, this is a pretty badass version of Groot. I had a Groot Supreme and a Taco Bell last week. <laughs> <laughs> Because I like how they've taken, with the design of Groot, I like how they've taken the kind of still the cuteness of baby Groot, uh-huh. like yeah. the face, and now they've just put muscles to it. Where it's just like, if you see him in Infinity Wars, he's like this very like lanky teenager. Yeah, yeah, which, true. Yeah, very true, because like, I have a preteen who is kind of like teenage Groot right now. <laughs> very lanky, and then I can see him like one day just like buffing out. Right. Or I'm Groot. I'm Aiden. Um, but yeah, so I, I really like uh, the design of Groot on this. Zoner Yoon, who passed this on, we got into the further discussion of the evolution of the diegetic music in mm. the trailer and, you know, what Peter would be listening to. Right. Um, because this trailer features a 90s modern rock song, um, In the Meantime, by Space Hog, which we spent on The Zone, right? That must be how I know this yep. song. Yeah. Oh, sure. yep. um, and uh, I hadn't realized or remembered how that could be possible, but Brian... Yeah, because he had he started off volume one, he had just a mixtape, and then volume two, he had volume two of that mixtape, which is the, the 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 present from his mom that he couldn't open up until that time. And these are analog um, audio cassettes. Yeah, and at the end of volume two, uh, Craglin came to Peter and said that I was looking around through uh, Yondu's old effects, and uh, he found this uh, like scavenging or whatever, and he wanted to give it to you. He thought that you would like it, and it's a Zune. Z-U-N-E. So like cute. Music player. The old Microsoft, yeah. uh, yeah. Microsoft MP3 player. So he's like, it's got th- like about something like 300 songs on it. <laughs> so that's now... It's uh, perfect. And like Zoner, you and Elsie also touched on this in the reply email that it's kind of cool that the first two volumes, he gets music from his mother right uh-huh. and in this uh at the end of volume two he realizes yeah the, the the biggest father figure he's ever had was yondu and he gets now music from his father incredible which oh, is very cool gets you right here yeah it is um, it is good it's such a good franchise it's got so much different little heart to it and yeah when you just even think about that like going your entire life having one mixtape of music and you mm-hmm. love music so much, and that's the only thing. You know, it's like, I guess they don't have make music out in the universe otherwise. It all yeah. sounds like the Cantina Band. Yeah, I was going to say, it's jizz. That's the type of music that the Cantina Band plays. Did you know that? Nope. Well, no. look it up. Is it's that true. canon? Oh, my God. That's canon. Wow. It's not jazz. It's jizz. Hilarious. <sighs> yes. That's awesome. <laughs> um, so this also, when, when looking at some of these scenes and you see kind of like new Gamora, Right. Yeah. yeah. This is also going to, and and I think Paul, you're really going to appreciate uh, James Gunn's writing on this because I remember way back when, maybe a year or two years ago, when we were doing this pod, and you're t- we were talking about multiverse, and you you didn't like the concept of multiverse because you think that makes things too easy. Somebody mm-hmm. could just die and easily come back. Mm-hmm. I think the tragedy that we're going to find in Volume Three is that you know Peter is going to learn that this version of Gamora that he's been searching for. Yeah. You can never love 
the same way that he loved the Gamora that oh, died. That and that's going to be the big tragedy of this is that, oh. yes, you're going to have Zoe Saldana still in this, or yeah. Zoe Saldana still in this mm-hmm. uh, as Gamora, but she's not going to be the Gamora that we've known from the previous ones. This is a very different version. Peter's going to find her, try to fall in love with her again, and realize that that can't happen. No. And that's- that sucks. This whole trailer is going to make me cry or this whole movie is going to make me cry. I know it. But I love that. I love that because, you know, I think you're right in that a lot of the multiverse stuff means just that, oh, well, he's not dead. He's from a different universe now. Yeah, yeah, we yeah. can just pull this Doesn't person in and person. make it so easy. Mm-hmm. But that takes away the stakes, right? And there's ha- so ha- there has to be some very real stakes in this, and I think that's one of them. Oof. Ugh. Yeah, that is neat. Yeah, I, like I say, Guardians of the Galaxy is uh, one of the ones from Marvel that still keeps firing and is so good. And mm-hmm. let's continue on here because I hope we don't run out of time again before we listen to Brian talk about that holiday special. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get to that today in reviews and recommendations. So let's plow ahead. Next big trailer, Indiana Oh, Ju- sorry, oh, sorry, yes. sorry. But Mary wanted me to, to explain really quickly who uh, that? Oh, that's uh, right. The high evolutionary is so Chuck Woody Wooji. Uh, he he's actually in Peacemaker. He's like the kind of the boss that turns into. Oh, sorry. No, no, I'm not gonna. No spoilers. Spoil <laughs> um, but he's kind of the boss character in Peacemaker. He plays this guy called the High Evolutionary, who's gonna have a lot to do with. I'll just say, yeah, he'll have a lot to do with Rocket's backstory. In terms of like he he does a lot of experimentation on animals and on humans. Yeah, he's had this like rivalry in the comics before with Mister Sinister because of Mister Sinister's you know history of experimentation on mutants and stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, so yeah, he's gonna be a, end up being a huge character, and I'm hoping you know he ends up being a huge character in the MCU. Like they keep him around. Yeah, anyway, the rocket that's, thing. I'm gonna cry at the rocket. I know, little baby oh. rocket. Oh, in a cage. Okay. That was sad. All right, next big trailer, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Okay. June 30th. The, the Indiana Jones and the what? The what? Like, is this going to be a phone or is this like the soap or is there some other kind of meaning for the word dial that I'm not getting? Sun dial? Sun dial, yeah. May, honestly, hey. What? That's kind of the most rational um um, guess for this uh, sundown. Yeah, sundown. no, it's yeah. not like he's there. They're moving over from rotary phones to. <laughs> phone. They just needed that alliteration, didn't they? <laughs> what are the names of the movies? Raiders of the Lost Ark. That's the best one. Temple of Doom. Temple, Temple of Doom. Doom. Last Crusade. Last and then these yeah. last two, they just lazily named it after the thing they're going after. The Crystal Skull and the Dial of Destiny. Yeah, boring. Oh. Well, the Lost Ark. They were going after the Lost Ark. The Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, okay. You had a different oh, word in there. Okay. That's right. You could have, yeah. right? Uh, I realized it wasn't about the football team. The okay. The Raiders. <laughs> um, yeah, don't love the name for sure, but... And that, I think, oh, the trailer looks fine. The AI de-aging process, De-age, whatever. Yeah. Looks pretty good. Not bad. Looks, not looks bad. pretty fine. Action looks fun. Grumpy old indie looks fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, n- different love interest, weirdly. Marion's gone. We got a different woman in there now. No Shia LaBeouf. A lot of positives. 
<laughs> no, a lot of positives, and no Shia LaBeouf is the entirety of that list. But I think, yeah, I don't know. I think just that naming contrivance mm-hmm. just speaks to, you know, these last two movies are just a different type of Indiana Jones movie, and why do we do that? Yes. Yeah. Kirsten James is listening to this pod, what, likely on a plane coming yeah. back? Yeah. And she's like... Why am I not here for this? I know. <laughs> All right. We'll get you next week, Kirsten. Yeah, let's Definitely. put this back on the queue. I am desperate to hear what Kirsten thinks, but she she generally was stoked, right? When she reacted on our Slack? I think so. Yeah. Okay, well, great. And that, that, again, is what is making me think. Like, she's in my brain right now making me think, like, man, not so bad. Could, kind of be, could be positive. But I don't know. Next up, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Now, people knew, industry knew that this was coming. I did not know that this was coming. Zoner, you you and passed this along and said, this one looks like it may be better, like the Bumblebee movie. And I think that is true. I think they looked at the Bumblebee movie as a bit of a reboot. And that one, the Bumblebee movie, I found very palatable. Uh, Not least of which for Haley Steinfeld. Um, But yeah. Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, now we get on to the Beast Wars phase of G1 Transformers. This will be, by the way, in theaters on June 9th, 2023. Um, So I'm excited. I fell out of Beast Wars, or I fell out of Transformers around Beast Wars, but I get it. And um, I don't know. I'm just happy to see RC in this this trailer. Do you know the timeline? Of of this stuff, and then like plus, they're also gonna obviously ignore a lot of like the Michael Bay story. And thank point. goodness for that. Yeah, Michael Bay apparently not in this at all. The timeline is nineteen ninety four, and then okay. Optimus Primal. He was what on Earth before? I believe of- so. Yeah. So we're introducing. We're introducing. This, does this fall into continuity with the dinosaurs one? Great question. Like, as in the Dinobots, or yeah, the Dinobots. Yeah, like in the G1 cartoons, the Dinobots were just created by Optimus Prime and the G1, you know, Transformers. We're introducing the Maximals and Mm. I, you know, I would like to say the Predacons, but I think it's the Terrorcons. And this is where it gets kind of weird and confusing. I know the the Predacons, like the Dinobots, Uh were just sort of primitive robots that were made or existed in the G1 world. The Terrorcons have like five different possibilities of what they are. They're either like a subset or like a like a dumb army or they're like literal uh, Transformers zombies like resurrected from old Autobots and or Decepticons. Oh no. But it does appear like I think Peter Dinklage is voicing Scorponok and I think that's oh, the yes. one who impales uh, Bumblebee on his cool like arm blade thing. We don't know that for certain. Um, but yeah, Scorponok is within the... Um, the terror cons, so they don't seem to be zombies. Um, and the logos, so if you, at the very end, you've got the key with the, the trans and then the Autobot logo and the formers, that flips to a Maximals logo, and Maximals is basically the animal Autobots, and then hmm. it flips not to the Predacons logo, but the Terracons logo, which Decepticon animal robots. Very confusing. Hope it'll be less confusing in the movie i'm okay. still very very excited. so do you know why this will not be like the bumblebee movie sorry to you know uh crumb on uh, zona ewan's point there but like the bumblebee was a fun movie because there was he was the only transformer in it right yeah okay and it was a it was kind of about that yeah i mean there's a cameo by some kind of important yeah weren't the there like the decepticons in the bumblebee movie oh yeah that's right there were three of them yeah 
Yeah. It was the big John Cena joke. That's it. It's like, they're literally called Decepticons. <laughs> Why are we trusting them? It's so <laughs> good. It's so good. So like, that was a very scaled back. That's what was kind of made that movie work, right? Is well, that this, was like a human robot personality that's story. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what was good about that. This is, we're right back to just... Like armies of CG robots murdering each other. And a couple of humans. And a couple of humans just running around underneath of it. Yeah, uh, yeah right? And it's just yeah. like noise and slamming. Yeah. That's what these movies are. That's when that doesn't work. That's when nobody likes that. What was different about the Bumblebee movie was it was different from that. We're, we're back to that. It's just the one's an ape now. Yeah, I yeah I agree with you, actually, upon that point. Okay, next. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the Super Mario Brothers movie. So we had... The trailer, but then now we have Dutch and Spanish TV spots, each with new footage. Again, this is coming out in theaters April 7th. We also have posters of Mario and Luigi, one poster, Peach and Toad, one poster, Donkey Kong, and Bowser. Wow, posters. that's great. I've never seen those characters before. Okay, you need so to So it's stop. good that we have posters. You need <laughs> to stop. They put out <laughs> posters. So it's like, we know what they look like. I bet it's great. I like a poster too. Uh, okay, so what I will say about, the reason I think I actually even brought these TV spots to this podcast is that I think we it, they gave us a little bit of what we were asking for last week yes. was a little more conversational Chris Pratt Mario voice. Yeah. Well, and thank you for bringing those up because I wouldn't have seen either of those if it wasn't for your post right and uh and i'll say i I think it gave me a little bit more hope good for the remainder of this movie i hope um yeah god i just want this to be good okay Mm -hmm. Ah. Mm -hmm. next up the last of us this is the hbo max series coming pretty quick january 15th a series of posters with joel ellie bill tess tommy frank marlene henry riley and sarah joel obviously is pedro pascal ellie obviously is bella ramsey bill is nick offerman yeah. Tess is mm-hmm. Anna Torv of Fringe and other shows. Tommy is Gabriel Luna. Frank yeah. is Murray Bartlett from the White Lotus. Oh! Yeah, yeah. So it's, uh, and yeah, and this this trailer that we have, oh, oh yeah, it's looking good. It's feeling good. It looks really good. Yeah. Ryan, are you stoked on this? You just got done with Walking Dead. Are you going to jump right on to The Last of Us? Oh, very much so. Good. Yeah. Very good. much so. I, and this is another one of those... Kristen's probably listening to this like, why was I not here? Because yeah. she has a lot of insight probably on the trailer. Because yeah. I didn't really, like, I think I maybe maybe played a little bit of the game, but never really fully dove into it. Yeah. Um, but she's, like, all over this. Yeah, and I've seen I've seen some playthroughs, and I'm like, oh, I know that moment. Oh, I know that moment. And it's, yeah, it's nice. It does look good. Okay, so, so I've never watched, I've never played the video game, so I don't know it from that. But it does look great, and it does look like a great zombie movie too and or a tv show i guess or series and for me it's the opposite that i've not i've had so much time in between walking dead and this and i'm ready to get spooked by another oh cool you know, okay and i just i to be at the level of hbo that's where i want everything to be so if you got a zombie thing at the level of hbo that's fair i'm happy to be there with you too right and it does it does look pretty scary i like that this trailer didn't really get it with the like zombie effects and the like gore elements and the horror elements yeah bit of humor in it on, on honestly which was quite funny yeah they just are like you know what this is you know this is zombies yeah. yep. so here's what we're gonna how we're gonna do that a little bit different um i hope it doesn't be just a big soap opera like i found the walking dead turned into just a lot of chit chat um there's gonna be some chit chat there's gonna be some chit chat but again like I like chit chat if it's good chit chat. Okay. The, the, the White Lotus is all chit chat. Yeah, fair. A lot of chit chat, right? So 
I'll watch it. Next up, Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. We've talked about this a couple times. It's just this game being made by this company called Ilphonic that I've not heard of before. It dropped, apparently, huh? in October oh. for the recent Playstations. So that's 4 and 5, the Xbox, X and S, and Epic Games, which is great for Epic Games. Yay, Fortnite. That's great. I won't play it. Like, I, it looks great, but I... I, I will not likely be playing this no. unless it makes its way to Steam because, again, oh. the PC is a working machine for me, and this is why I've got such a huge backlog of Steam games that I haven't played is because mm. I can't game on a PC. And this is me personally, but Epic Games is also like itty bitty teeny tiny compared to the base of, uh, of, of Steam, and that's why I got a Steam Deck, and that's why I'm now playing games is because I can do that separately, church and state, from the computer. Adam Savage, Adam Savage's tested is like fully connected with this the this game uh. and they made the remote trap vehicle, the RTV, one of his one of his minions, one of his people made it. Um and it looks pretty sweet and they're taking a bit from the game, uh, like a, a piece of it from the game that was added in from the game that wasn't in the movie and like Adam Savage visited the movie set, like he's he's all in. This is quite the connection and go Ilphonic whoever you are. You guys are apparently doing great. Well, good. Uh, next up, Gen V. This is a The Boys spin-off series about the college university, the higher education place uh, where soups go to grow up. Uh, this will be on Prime Video sometime in 2023 and appears no less gory whether or not it is human blood or puppet blood. <laughs> yeah, right. That was an interesting part of that. There, yeah, there is a puppet version of The Deep uh, whose head is ripped off and like there goes his spinal column. It's yeah. very that's okay. All right, man. Yeah, you gotta build that spinal column into the puppet. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And ah. all the glitter blood. It was quite the yeah. It's quite the thing. It I, looked fun. It looked like a good trailer too, right? It yeah. Looked very very the boys and like new cast, but we've got some people from the mainline show guesting in it as well. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah, this series is like Amazon Prime's Golden Goose, right? They're, the, they're it must be like, it. a lot into it. Hugely. Yeah. Well, it's it's a phenomenal series. Like I will at least start on this definitely. Like I because I, I love that world. The world they have built is just so cynical and modern. Like it's gritty without trying to be because it's it's like the honesty of this world. Yeah, and so that's why I think it really works. What I like about a spinoff like this is if it goes in place of a season of The Boys. Don't double my homework. Just you know what I mean. Yeah, just like the uh, the Boba Fett show. There you go. Perfect. Exactly. That's a good example. <laughs> or like uh, Letterkenny even, even though that's, you know, I love that so much. Rather than a series of Letterkenny, they put a, uh, a, a season of the spinoff out. Yeah. In place of uh, where a season of Letterkenny usually would go. They put a season of Shorzy out. So. Yeah. And I think that's fine. You get your hit, right, of the show you like. It doesn't kind of, it doesn't water down the creative juices needed to make that show from the creators. You just get to do something a little bit fresh and then you go back to the main story later. I think it's fun. Um, next up, Cocaine Bear? 
Yeah, cocaine bear. Which apparently was based on a real thing, which yes. kind of, you know, the, the 70s probably doesn't surprise me. This will be a movie in theaters February 24th, which the trailer, you know, your full CG bear, obviously, the trailer had a lot of character and chuckly moments to it. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I would watch this movie, but fascinating story. Oh, you got to watch it. We got to come over and have a I'm sure viewing I will party. Watch it. Let's yeah. see it in theaters. Uh, yeah, it looks really fun. Uh, it, when we heard about this, we thought it was a big joke, right? Like that. Elizabeth Banks was making a movie called Cocaine Bear based on a true story. The true story is sad, though. Like, sure. yeah, they, they dumped a bunch of coke out of the plane to, you know, run away from authorities or whatever, dumped their cargo, and then a bear ate all the cocaine and then died. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now it's really reimagined that the bear goes nuts! We have the misadventures of the bear before the bear it dies. Is so coked up! Can you imagine? <laughs> it, like, does all this cocaine craziness! Cool, very fun. The bear eats the cocaine, by the way. It doesn't actually. Oh, no, but in the trailer, then it's like doing lines. It's like sniffing up the cocaine. Really? I missed that. If that happens, oh, my God. It's like laying on a a, a long. Like rolled up like a newspaper. (laughs) They didn't do that, but it's using its big bear snout and just like hoovering up the sneeze. That's terrible. Yeah, it looks looks really a lot of fun, actually, except for that the CGI bear looks like trash. Yep. Holy. If you want to say that. CG is there at some levels, yeah. right? But if you if you spend one penny less, these mid-budget movies cannot be based on a CGI animal. No, I, I mean as far so as shit, bears getting high on cocaine go <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> if we're comparing it to any other bear high on cocaine, the realism mm-hmm. of these factors. Oh my god. Yeah, you're right. All right, next up, a bit of a story trailer for Gudetama, an excellent adventure. I don't know if anybody's interested in this besides me. I love Gudetama from the internet. But yeah, it's, it's a lazy egg, and that now there's a chicken involved, and they're off in a, the misadventures to try and find their respective mother. It's ridiculous and cute. It's a Netflix series, December 13th. And finally, White Noise. This oh the egg sorry I, oh sorry we're I back think to the, the good the I egg is the, very cute I think it's cute yep. and I I looked at it yesterday and I was like looked on the internet and it's uh, this has been popular for some time right? yeah yeah everyone loves a little lazy egg Gudetama, tama. okay and it has a song yeah yeah they don't do the song anymore they used to do like sixty second vignettes of of the egg and how lazy it was uh-huh. and then they would always end with this ridiculous song of this animated person doing this silly silly dance to the Gudetama song and that's how that's how it became popular uh-huh. uh, but then it st- they stopped doing that but they're still they're still out there so. okay yeah. so enough to make a movie about a lazy egg and a little chicken uh, uh, not even a series oh, this is gonna be a series um, yeah so I'd like to say probably no but they've done it anyway <laughs> you know and they're just trying not to get eaten and, um... and yeah or run over or or, yeah, all of these things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I watched this trailer. I was like, okay, I can see why this is popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's great. pretty funny. Uh, yes, and White Noise. This will be in theaters on November 25th. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. And then uh, on Netflix, December 30th. And this is based on the book which brought us the phrase, the Airborne Toxic Event, which brought us the band, the Airborne Toxic Event. And Adam Driver is in this. And yeah, he's... The, the 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 thing the spill the accident happens yeah. and everybody has to leave and panic and yeah looks good does look good it looks very interesting it looks like uh, you know what's interesting now that we have had this pandemic <laughs> and we all had like a really low level apocalypse mm-hmm. and now we get f- kind of a fresh feel 
you know, from our creators and from us about watching a movie where there's like this apocalyptic style panic. Yeah. And so when you're watching a movie like this now and with that fresh feeling on, you're like, oh, yeah, that's what people would act like. Or, yeah, or it's, it's like a lot it, fresher for us right now. It's fresher. It's a bit of a commentary of what we all just went through yeah. in a more kind of an interesting sci-fi way. Uh, and interesting based on a book that, that predates that, actually. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really kind of a neat thing. And it, it does look like a really fun movie. I want to say something right now, though. Do that. The fact that it's going in theaters for a month, all right, that's not so bad. That's not so bad. But I'm sick of Netflix doing this, and I'm especially mad about Knives Out. Knives Out was out in theaters for like a week. Yep. That Glass Onion thing. Yep. Now, is it on Netflix now? Good question. I don't know. I don't know because I don't like to sit in my house. (laughs) I want to go outside a lot. And I wanted to go and see Knives Out in a movie theater. And I loved watching the first Knives Out in a movie theater. That's the experience I wanted to have with Knives Out. And then, you know, we were like, oh, okay, it's okay. It's going to be in theaters for a bit before it goes to Netflix. It was in there for a week. I heard it was out. I was like, oh, yeah, right. Knives Out. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm reading this on a Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to make a date for the Tuesday, the following Tuesday. Yeah, no, you're not. no, you're not. And where's the showtime? Uh, oh, no, it's gone already. Yeah. And they did the exact same thing. November 23rd in theaters, December 23rd on Netflix. Literal month. So not... <laughs> so Knives Out gave us this movie that, you know, proved that a like a mid-budget, a non-tentpole, a non-blockbuster could be successful but and could make the new movie theater going experience pleasant. Having a heck of an ensemble cast really helped. Of course, of course, of course. But just like it didn't have to be a shoot 'em up Marvel movie yeah, yeah. to be to drag us and in, in reasonable numbers to the movie theater. And Netflix has to come along and be the ones to gobble it up, okay, of their never-ending barf and diarrhea content machine that is, right, cannot be satiated, gobbles it up just to pull a stunt like this. Leave us alone. Netflix wants to get into the theater game. They want to be more, um, like, Oscar-friendly. They're buying theaters. I think this is part of their strategy. This is a bullshit strategy. How about then do both? How about then if you put it out, you, why, what is what is the argument against putting it out both at once? Or even just like putting it out in the theater. They're cannibalizing. One will cannibalize from the other. They fear that people won't go out to the theaters because you, I believe, are in the mi- minority, especially after pandemic. I am in the minority, but I, well, th- then just, there are, there, we're different types of people then. There are people who will not go to a theater anymore and don't want to go to a movie theater anymore. And there are people who don't want to sit at home and watch it on Netflix. So give us the option. Those people are not going to be swayed one way or the other because it is there or it isn't there. Like, don't you get more money if I go to a theater? And so I, why don't I, you have it there? I agree with you. This is what I want too. It's not a, not a good business decision. I think. Uh, I think we have to kind of look into what what their business model is. I think they they do get more money from getting new subscribers for people. Like like if somebody were to subscribe just so that they could see Glass Onion, that'll make them more money than uh, you know the one time revenue they get from a movie theater ticket. It mm-hmm. will. Do you think? Yeah, because they're hoping and to keep people be. on it, for it months. Very or well, years. could be. I'd have to do my homework on on that. Yeah. Um, but that's just seems that seems to be why they fund. They were because the, they were the ones I would imagine then that funded 
the production of Glass Onion. Yes. Correct? Yes. So that's probably, that was probably in their business plan is that they'll fund Glass Onion to also then tied over the movie theater industry, they would release it in theaters for a limited time. But then the rest of the time, nope, if you want to watch it, you have to become a subscriber to right, Netflix. Right. Yeah, and that like does make some sense to me that they, what their uh, marching orders now is drastically, like desperately trying to get people to quit from cutting their Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yep. So that's right. That's right. If you can watch even one dumb thing a month, if you feel like, oh, okay, I guess it was worth and it. And then, right? yeah. And then either and you, you stay it. or you even mm-hmm. forget to cancel or yes, whatever. That's yes. all revenue in their pocket. They right? get their, they, yeah, just to get their hooks into you. Oh. It's a, business. It's such business. a bummer. I know. That's you such a bummer. consume that business. Yeah. They call yeah. it show business, not show friends. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it because it is. It's just this is like bottomless pit content gobbling monster and i don't want that yeah that should be netflix's new tagline whenever they raise their prices though they should call it show business not show friends (laughs) 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 oh my god so good okay i'm sorry i scrolled down a bit on my cue sheet there are five things left we're just going to speed round this okay speed round okay Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. What? This is a thing? This is a movie with Chris Pine? March 2023? Looks awful, I think. I'm not not into it. It does look awful, but it also looks kind of fun. So We had a clip uh, placed on our GeekPod group about the Witcher and somebody looking for a bard and the bard type person saying, "I I don't know what any about this clip means. We'll have to ask Kirsten next week. Great. The Mandalorian, we now know, will be March 1st for the next season. Exciting. That's exciting. I got a poster for that. Yeah. Also got a poster for The Acolyte, which is another Disney Star Wars uh, Star Wars series, just sometime in 2023. That one's kind of exciting because for I guess, Star Wars fans, because it's the first like Sith-centered show. People yeah. love the Sith, so yeah. that'll be interesting. And people are hoping that we're going to get uh, like a young Darth Sidious oh, and yeah. Darth Plagueis. Oh. And maybe we have that. Maybe that's what that is. Maybe it's something totally different. I'd be happy for be doing something different, but next. And finally, just a poster for Blue Beetle. This will be a DC movies in theaters August 18th. I don't know anything about it. Uh, it's like a uh, comic book. Uh, Brian, anything about Blue Beetle? Uh, it's a comic book. Uh, we got uh, also one more that I didn't put on this cue sheet, but I wrote down with my pen. Great. A movie called You People. I'll send you the link to the awesome to the YouTube bud for the trailer so for this show. It looks so good and interesting, actually. It's Eddie Murphy. As the dad of a daughter, it's kind of like Meet the Parents, but oh, racial. River. Okay. No, okay. racial. Racial. Right. So it's like, so so Jonah Hill is the guy who wants to marry the daughter, ah. and Eddie Murphy is kind of the hard-ass dad, and then, of course, you get the white-black dynamic going yeah. on. Uh, right. The parents grilling um, Jonah Hill in the restaurant about... Like it gets so awkward so fast and so funny. Uh, it looked pretty good to me. And Amazing. I mean, like, oh, wait, not, not me. Yeah, I was thinking, I thought you were saying, uh, not meet the parents. I thought you were saying, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? That's why I was like, all right, but reverse. Because it's like not Sidney Poitier coming to dinner. It's Jonah Hill coming to dinner. Oh, oh okay, okay. Oh, no. Yeah, maybe, but no. <laughs> maybe, but no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> all right, geek news proper. Bob McGrath, Bob from Sesame Street, has died at age 90. And honestly, dude lived a great life making people happy. I'm not sure what more you could ask for. Um, There was a great um, uh, sort of tribute from 
uh, Alan Muroka, who said, Words cannot begin to express what Bob meant to me, a role model, a mentor, a friend. His kindness and wicked sense of humor were such a joy. I loved him so much. Rest well, my friend. You did good. He did. What a what a staple. What a legacy for, for Sesame Street. Yeah. Oh, and truly everyone involved in Sesame Street, except for the sex pests. <laughs> good, good disclaimer. Good disclaimer. Thank you. You know, <laughs> you got that in right in right in time. Like point five of a second later, you would have been canceled. <laughs> except for the sex pests. How sad you guys say that about literally everything, even Sesame Street. How absolutely <laughs> terrible. Um, I enjoy the uh, uh, art form known as music and all the people who make it, except for the sex pests. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. So, uh, no, but like, especially these OG guys who go back to the beginning, uh, what a revolutionary show Sesame Street was, you know, going all the way back. Yeah. And so this guy, for sure, there's, there's no... Um, uh, you can't understate how important this guy was to, I think, like children across the world and their yep. development and watching this show. He's yeah. great. All right, next up, Kirstie Alley has died at the age of 71. Of course, most people know her from Cheers, but Paul? Uh, Kirstie Alley, Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Phenomenal mm-hmm. role. She was so good in that role. Yeah. Uh, she was the one, she was controversial at the time because, spoiler alert for this 80-year-old movie, <laughs> um, Spock dies at the end of it and then uh, she cries. And a Vulcan, she plays a Vulcan. Yeah, not, emotionless Vulcans. Not supposed to cry, but nope. she cries over Spock's funeral and they left it in the movie. Um, yeah, it was interesting and she was really great. And then, and then of course, she didn't come back for the sequel uh, search for Spock, and so Robin Wood, someone, she was recast, and it was all over money. They wanted to pay her less than they paid her for the first movie that oh, she was BS. in. Such bullshit, really. Yeah. And um, and she had a bigger role in everything too. Wow, in the third movie. So it's it's too bad that she didn't come back because. Yeah, she was great. She was really great in that role. It's arguably one of the best Star Trek movies ever made, and she's wonderful in that. And, you know, Cheers, too, right? That's yeah. Her most famous Huge. thing was when she was in Cheers. And I I always think, I see, like, clips of Cheers once in a while. I'm like, I should watch Cheers. I was way too young for Cheers. I don't know yeah. about bar life and, the, you know. All Neither this. did I at the time, but I still watch it. It's just funny. It's just people. You know? it, it really? Yeah. yeah I was, okay, I should go back and watch it now. It looks funny to me. Hi, I'm Jason Reitman. Has handed over directing reins for the sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife to Gil Keenan. Okay, not sure what more is to say about that, but that's it. Yeah, I looked at the IMDb for Gil Keenan. He co-wrote, I believe, Afterlife. Oh, okay. Yeah. So good enough. Yep. And then he's done some other things too, though, right? Some other like cute little movies. Probably. I didn't look them up. Okay. Undoubtedly. So, you think Matt? Do you, would you imagine that the focus on this next one was gonna is gonna be like more the kids? I'm like pretty the kids and after. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, the, the torch has been passed, so I, I think so. I think it's like furthering the adventures of the Spangler family. Yeah. Yeah. And their friends. I think so. Too. I'm conflicted there because when I did look up this director, I thought like, oh yeah, that's kind of. I think that's kind of who you want. You know, in a Jason Reitman kind of vein. But I also was like, uh, oh, we're just going to keep making Ghostbusters movies forever, hey? Oh, they're not. that's not special anymore? Yeah. Is this another thing on the conveyor belt? Oh, okay. Well, great. 
I mean, we knew it was happening, but it did yeah. kind of sink in with the naming of the new director. Yeah, it's true. All right. Uh, Chanot Schwerta, who played Namor in Wakanda Forever, the headline is, just confirmed that his bulge wasn't edited out of Wakanda Forever. Oh, uh, wasn't. Wasn't. This comes from a like a tweet or something where there appears to be like a side-by-side. This comes from Kirsten, let's be honest. Right? Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Actually, we'll talk about that. Yeah, Kirsten is listening totally to this on the plane. That. Why am I not here for this? <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know. Like, he, he's like... The one on the right is the real one, and the one on the right has less bulge, so it's almost like the bulge was photoshopped in for the this tweet for virality. Who knows why? Uh-huh. It seems a silly story, but uh, we're talking about bulges on the Geek Up podcast. So. Um, virality or virility. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> Actually, that was pretty good. I don't like when they edit the bulges. Just let these men have their bulges. Just, it's fine. You know, they had to. Uh, Br- Brandon Routh famously had a, edit his bulge out of the Superman mm-hmm. suit. Why are you, are you editing these bulges? Why do we hate this? Yeah, it's weird. This, it, come on, it's not that big, you guys. Superman. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Just like put it in a jock strap. Just like tuck it in or whatever. But like, don't. It's fine. The, the Home Alone is uh, Home Alone Two. I it's guess it's more about the costume. You know what I mean? If you have like a really okay. tight, yeah, I don't think we were done, but <laughs> <laughs> for Kirsten, all right, she needs she wants us to really dive into this. Yeah, I'm sure. She if the does. costume oh, is like, it doesn't need to be super ultra form fitting material around that. Regardless of what's in there, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't want to be able to make out the veins, right? So just have it just be a pretty triangle-shaped bulge, and whatever size it is, that's fine. Right? Great. Uh, <laughs> Home Alone 2 is apparently 30 years old, <laughs> and uh, they interviewed Joe Pesci about that, and he's like, yeah, yeah, I did sustain some burns during the filming, which, you know, it's, I mean, I guess that's what you do, but uh, <laughs> kind of sucks. No, that's not what you do. There's like a whole team of people to make sure that nobody gets burned. Well, I suppose, yeah, no, okay, honestly, yeah, no, never mind. I take that <laughs> back. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> So, God love Joe Pesci for, you know, suffering for his art in that way and coming back for the sequel because he could have cursed the alley it. That's totally true. Absolutely. I'm sure he got a ton more money. And I'm sure I was burned horribly, does very well at the negotiating table as well. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, in Geek News proper, Disney has released footage of Fran, their face re-aging network. And this is... Re-aging? Yes, re-aging. Because it does de-aging, but it also does re-aging. It also makes you older. So this is a longer video. Uh, The timestamp in the show notes will take you right to how they are doing it. But, uh, you know, and it's AI, so there's various levels of success of uh, of the de-aging and the re-aging. But it's just like... Now we're getting to AI-powered, real-time versions of this stuff, and it's... That's great and terrifying. Again, the technology is here. It's not going to go away. So, uh, yeah, Disney's Disney's got a, a big gun uh, when it comes to this AI aging stuff. And all that data gets sent to Russia. There you go. Harrison <laughs> Ford, look out. <laughs> all right. Listener mailbag. Uh, just uh, one from Zoner Ewan. He marathoned through Wednesday and quite enjoyed it. Um sure there's more to that. I'm just finding the email. 
Uh, so I've heard good and bad things about Wednesday, I feel like. I feel like when it very first came out, I read a review that was like really kind of scathing about it or just was like, we don't need this at all. Bad, 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 bad. <laughs> and then... And then I think it found an audience because I've I've heard some really positive things about it. What does Ewan say? I don't much remember the Adams Family show, but this show is good. It's an interesting choice of genre. It amuses me to see Christina Ricci give big, wild smiles as her new character, given Wednesday's personality. Uh. Have you started playing on the Zone the version of the song that Wednesday plays on the cello in episode one yet? Brian, have you seen Wednesday? I don't think I've seen it that far in. Where, okay. like, where? What, I wonder what episode that is. I mean, uh, I think maybe I'm. A, he said. He said episode one. He says maybe it's too orchestral for normal rotation. Uh, sorry, that's a slightly cryptic question for what I'm trying to make a spoiler-free email. And thank you, Ewan, for always noting the spoilers. Yeah. Paul mentioned yeah. in a pod that he wanted to see Christina Ricci play an adult Wednesday. Wednesday is at least a few years older in the show compared to the Adams Family, so there are new opportunities for exploring her character. Give the show a go. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. So put you in on the pile there. There is some positive, some some almost cult-like um, appreciation for the show, which is kind of just right for the Adams Family. That's always who has liked it. It's like a dedicated following. I definitely want to get to this because I'm getting spoiled by all the dancing TikToks that are out there. Yeah, that TikTok of her dancing is so yeah, much. So is that, does the new Wednesday do the classic dance that the old TV show Wednesday Adams does? Do you want to spoil? Uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Neat. There's Very like a dance well. sequence in there, and it's like all over TikTok. I'm yeah. not there yet on the. I've I've watched the first, uh, most of the first episode, and I think I may have like nodded off. Uh, a couple times during it. <laughs> but uh, I was very intrigued by what I saw, and I figured, okay, I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to table this too because I got a week off before Christmas. I'm going to table this. Oh, brilliant. And, uh, <laughs> and or. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, watch, yeah. Watch through that for my week. Great. So. Well, then we are on to reviews and recommendations, starting with Brian's delayed review of the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. I'm very oh, sorry. Oh, guys, I got to go, though. Ah, Bye-bye. Shut up. <laughs> Don't We're go. sorry. We're so- He literally actually does have seven minutes. Let's talk about it. You have seven minutes? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's 948. Okay. Um, did you guys like it? I loved it. That was all right. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I, no, impre- like, I impress easy. It was good. It was, yeah, it was fine. Um, I like I have some notes. I don't know where to start. I did like Kirsten watched it as well, and she um had a bunch of like questions and stuff. Maybe I'll go kind of yeah. in those orders. Those were good questions. But, um, I guess let's put the spoiler alert thing here because oh, yes. I'm gonna be talking a lot of spoilers. But uh, yes, they did buy nowhere from the collector. That's incredible. Uh, Kirsten asked how they did that. Well, one, uh, they're the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're they are heroes. But they are also kind of mercenaries. They they get paid for a lot of the work that they do. But do you think they're um, rich enough to buy a whole, like, whatever that is, kind of planet? Yeah, because station? Nowhere was destroyed by Thanos. It was, like, in shambles. It was on fire. Yeah, they got a good so deal. It was probably very cheap. Yeah. Uh, so they bought it, they were, they're restoring it and it's now kind of their home base of operations. And that's kind of establishing sort of the next step for them in guardians of the galaxy three. We're probably going to spend a lot of time on nowhere because that is the base of their operations. Okay. Um, so because they bought nowhere now, they, they, they get to show off sort of like the, some of the new sort of quote unquote team members, including Cosmo, the space dog, who's voiced by Maria Bakalova, which is Oh, cool. that's wild from Borat. Oh, yeah. neat. Yeah. Oh, that's so, so cool. 
Uh, so you're going to get a lot more Cosmo scenes, I would imagine, Love in it. the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. But there's like there's some fun comics with Cosmo the Space Dog and and Rocket Raccoon and Howard the Duck and stuff. Uh, <laughs> so that, that'd be all really cool to see. Uh, Kirsten saw a scene when they were in Los Angeles. Uh, it was just like a pan down scene from like uh, from buildings and stuff. <clears throat> and you see a little billboard and it says... Kingo's Christmas, Christmas with a K. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, look, Eternals are still there. Kingo's <laughs> They're not letting there. it go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there because this is James Gunn. There were some Suicide Squad cameos. So uh, the Hollywood Homes map. Um, there's John Cena and Margot Robbie. Amazing. Uh, in the the club, the bartender was played by uh, Flula Borg, who was the uh, javelin in the Suicide oh, Squad. The, the sequel. Hilarious. Uh, uh, what else was there? That's uh, so good. Kevin Bacon was watching Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Right, right, yeah. yeah. That was good. Um, Peter's new ship is called the Bowie. I think, yeah, I'm just going to go over all these. Is that right? I didn't know that. That's wild. Oh, that's so cool. Because he's like, uh, Craglin, prepare the Bowie for transport. Oh, I missed that. Oh, that's that's rad. Okay, good. Um, Okay, I love, so the little backstory that they have in this Christmas special was with uh, Yondu, right? Like Mm -hmm. Yondu ruined peter's first christmas and then you realize near the end that actually no he kind of caved and then got peter his guns which yeah were, mm-hmm. those were the sort their origins of his guns but then at the same time the peter's gift to yondu was his first dashboard toy yeah that's the first little this, hair gnome this makes you so if you watch go back and watch guardians of the galaxy volume one again oh, yeah you'll watch it now in a different Light knowing totally. all of that, seeing how many dashboard toys he has, which is was basically the their Christmas tradition. I is love that it. Every year you get a new ca- dashboard toy. Yeah, it's so cute. Um, and then at the end, you know, when Peter screws over Yondu, because uh, Yondu thought he had the Power Stone yep. in that thing, but he opens it up and it's, it's a, another a troll, no, yeah, it's a new troll. dashboard toy, <laughs> and Yondu smiles because it's like it's uh, that's my boy, oh, that's my son. So good. It has a whole different meaning to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, so it's going to make people want to go back and watch it again. I it thought. made me, Whoa. yeah. I remembered immediately all those, the, the trolls lined up on the thing, and oh, it's so good. Um, the other thing, too, uh, Rocket's gift. Oh, my God. Bucky's arm. Oh, my God. Bucky's arm. Oh, my God. How are they going to? hilarious <laughs> because, you know, you're you're kind of wondering if this was sort of like uh, an, an in-good-fun middle finger from James Gunn <laughs> to Marvel in that probably he didn't tell anybody yep. that this was going to happen. Wow. But it'd be like, you know, imagine the person, the next writer, MCU writer, writing for Bucky <laughs> in his next MCU appearance. And James Gunn's flitted off to DC. Yeah. <laughs> it's not and his he's being problem like, anymore. He's watching the special and then he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Now we gotta write out his arm somehow, (laughs) and then James Gunn is like, "Write your way out of this one, Kevin Feige." (laughs) I thought that was hilarious. It's so good, and it was it's Nebula that gave Rocket the arm, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just gonna have a black arm with gold or silver accents, I think. Yeah, it's such a fun callback. It's great, though. I love it. I really like that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I do like how they they gave a lot more time to. Um, I think like James Gunn had even said he thought that during the ensemble movies, um, Drax and Mantis were sidelined. So it was really cool to be able to see Mantis in some action scenes. And, really like, sweet. See a little bit more. See yeah. Drax a little bit more as well, and just like play off of their comedy and their relationship. And obviously, that's gonna have a lot more weight, you know, in the next one. I'm, I'm positive yeah. we're gonna lose a lot of these ga- uh, guardians right yeah. um but yeah so that'll definitely add more weight to that and just to be able to see that and uh there were a couple of uh, actually disney plus uh legends episodes that were released before this that's and right then removed after the special because people were complaining that whoever put this legends episode together put in a deleted scene where um Mantis and Drax were talking about how she actually is the um, the daughter of uh, Ego. So half-sister to Peter. Her, yeah, half-sister to Peter. And that was a deleted scene. And uh, so they, they, they ended up putting it in, but that spoils the whole crux of this holiday special. Yep. So they yanked him. Go watch it. It's uh-huh. cute. It's 45 minutes. What's your excuse? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> it's December already too. Yeah, exactly, so. exactly. Uh, we have run out of time. Uh, so once again, we will talk about the White Lotus after the final episode. That'll be a great time to talk about it. Anything else for the pod? Oh, wait. Who, b- b- before that, who do you think is dead? We've got to get that prediction in here. Um, I mean, they're leading us to believe that it's Rocket, but I don't, I think that is a mystery. No, 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 In White Lotus, sorry. Oh, in White, oh, I think it's, I still think it's multiple people. I still think it's multiple people. Paul, do you have a prediction? No, no, no. White Lotus finale party with spaghetti. Yeah, I don't know. And I'm trying really hard to not have a prediction. Like all through this show, once in a while, something will hit me. Maybe it's like the theme song will like heat up for some reason and I just go like oh someone's gonna die oh yeah someone's gonna die who's gonna be and I was like don't 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 try and guess just let it wash over you let it happen Mm. to you all I hope is that it's not Tanya that it's not Jennifer Coolidge because I want her to be and I said this last night to somebody I want her to carry on as long as this show goes we know at least there's gonna be a season three I want her to carry on and survive the whole thing because in many ways she truly is the White Lotus. Oh, there you go. I want, she's connected the first two seasons. I want her to be the through thread, and the show would just simply not be as good without her. So I really hope. I think she's gotten. She's getting in some very interesting shit going on on that little Palermo, on that mm. little pal- palazzo in Palermo on an island. So I and with her husband and Greg and everything, right? Like. What's going on? Why is he in that picture? What, mm-hmm. Is he connected with this mafia? Mm-hmm. Is he trying to kill her now like yeah. to get her money? There's something really sinister going on. Mm-hmm. So she really is the and because her her ties to season 1, the most interesting character there is. So she simply cannot die. I think that she's into some hinky shit, yep. but I think she's going to in spite of herself, she's going to scrape by. Scrape by and just escape it and instead, I think 
if I'm going to make a prediction, I think it's going to be all those Sicilians. Sicil- yeah, uh, that was that's why I put my hand up. That's the guess that I came to. All those party people, only because I'm to get her. Um, Daphne is so completely unrelated to them, right. and it's multiple people. That's the only explanation. That would be the surprise that we're not expecting. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. yes, good. And I think all the tension between Daphne and her husband, everything between Ethan and uh, Harper, that ev- all of that. And, like, all the drama with, you know, like, Lucia and Mia and then this, like, pimp guy now who's coming into her life. Alessio, yeah. Yeah, and, like, Albie just being a ding-dong. Because I've heard people be like, oh, Albie's getting it. Albie's getting it. He's so clueless. He's going to get mixed up in something that's way bigger than him and try and be a big man. He's going to get killed. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think so. You I think, think the two couples, just nothing's going to come of it? They'll just leave and it'll be awkward? I think well, that's no, all I misdirect. Think, I think Albie's getting screwed over. Oh, I think certainly. That, oh, Albie's going to learn a lesson. lesson. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hard, hard life lesson. Yeah, this will turn him into his father. Okay. Okay. Uh, Paul Pacino, where can we find you on the internet? Watching the White Lotus in my house. Come on over. You're all invited for a nice spaghetti, and I'll make some Negronis for us all. Every pod listener is invited to Paul's <laughs> house. So I'll send you the address. Just send me an email, no, Brian. At no, the no, no, no. You got to find it. You got to find the house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Brian. You got to find parking is what you can do. Oh, oh, there you go. Oh, I can never invite Brian to my house. There's a slight hill he has to walk up. <laughs> Walking up Mordor to get to Paul's house. Oh, it's Brian. a slight hill. <laughs> Um, DJ Boy, uh, DJ Boy Tano. Um, RIP Art and Kirsten, we miss you. We hope you'll be back soon. Is I'm Kirsten my, my, back next week for real? She's back on Friday. She's back for the toy drive. Okay. Yeah. I'm Webmeister Bud on YouTube, Instagram, okay. and <laughs> Twitch. This has been the Zones Geek Out Podcast, episode 217. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.